Hey guys, my name is Vikram, your host for today's Alligator Zone podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Mr. Ian Tian, CEO and co-founder of Mattermost. That's M-A-T-T-E-R-M-O-S-T dot com. Hi, Mr. Tian. I would just like to thank you so much for being here today. Uh, pleasure to be here. So, oh. <laughs> So, um, first question. In simple words, what's your company's name? What problem are you working to solve, and how? Got it. So we're Mattermost. Uh, we're solving the problem of helping uh, big companies uh, send messages to each other, kind of like texting, but using their own software so that they can, instead of using a texting service like on the phone or using like WhatsApp or Facebook, they can have their own version that they run themselves. That's what we do for, for large companies. Would it be, like, encrypted by your software, or would they encrypt it themselves? Yeah, so it would be encrypted, and they would encrypt it themselves. So the reason why they like to use our software is that they get to control everything. They get to use their own encryption keys, and they get to keep all their information. Oh, so you won't know any information that they send. That's correct. So what skills do you use to run this company? Well, when, I started, when, I, when we started the company, you had to learn how to program and write software. Um, and as the company got bigger, um, I, it was really about you know, how to sell the software. So you had to show people, hey, this is what you do. This is how you use it. And you're figuring out how to charge a fair price for it. Um, and then work with the people buying the software um, to make sure all the forms are filled out. So it's, you know, first it's about building the software, then it's about selling the software. And as the company gets bigger, it's really about bringing in very talented people into the company and then working with a whole bunch of people that work on different areas that are all experts in those areas and know a way a lot more than you and getting everyone to work together as a team. So it's computer programming, then it's learning how to sell software, and then it's a lot of teamwork. So... You need a lot of people skills, not just software. Absolutely. How did you acquire these skills? Did you get them in college or maybe when you were young you started learning coding? Um, so learning at coding, yep, I definitely learned that you know, as a kid. And, um, you know, and I did, did that in co- college um, and had a few jobs coding. And then you kind of get better and better. Were you always like a people person or did you have to grow, in a sense, to be that way? Um, I was, uh, I guess I was a people person. I, you know, I, just like other kids, I go out and I have my friends and I play. Um, one of the things that was very important to me as a kid that was maybe a little different is that I had a lot of types of friends. I think sometimes when you're a kid, you, you tend to hang out with people that are a little bit more like you. Um, and I just was very curious, and I like to hang out with people who are different than me. Um, and I think that was something that was just, um, I think that kind of set me apart a little bit. And now at work, I have to work with people from all different areas, from finance and marketing and sales and engineering, and getting along with everyone and understanding where they, they're coming from and how they think is just really important. So I think, um, you know, if you're growing up, being able to spend time and play with lots of different people is something that's really valuable. So going back in time, what were your favorite subjects in your childhood? In childhood, I mean, I really liked math and science. Um, I really enjoyed art. 
Um, I wasn't really a fan of language or history, um, but uh, yeah, those ones sort of language, uh, sort of sort of art and um, science and math. Are you a good artist right now? I think I'm okay. Um, you know, I can I can draw some pictures. Um, I think where art really helped me uh, is in designing the user interfaces of software. Um, oh, and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and making things a little easier to use. If you can um, make it so that it's relatable to everybody and it's easy to use. Yep. So um, did you have any favorite hobbies, sports, movies maybe? Um, hobbies, sports, and movies. Um, hobbies, um, you know, I would play, uh, let's see, it depends on the age. I played cards with folks. That'd be kind of fun. Um, definitely comics, like to draw comics. That was enjoyable. Um, sports, not so much. Um, yeah, I just kind of like, and I, you know, just like hang out with people and, um, uh, let's say cards, board games. Uh, yeah, not, not super sophisticated. I was pretty basic. <laughs> Did you, so what were your comics about? Do you remember? Um, they weren't very good. Uh, <laughs> they weren't very good, but it was learning how to draw. Um, and, you know, you just draw, like, you know, just have different characters. You'd put them on adventures. Um, but I think that that probably wasn't that related to, to what I do now. Um, you know, when I think back, there was lots of clubs that I was part of. They were sort of like a small little business club. They weren't really hobbies. They're sort of more, more things in school. So there was like a business club, and you have a product. You learn how to, like, market it. Um, there was lots of, you know, I did writing club, um, a lot of math clubs, math and science competitions. Really, it's about, for me, um, again, it's not only sort of playing with people that are different, but having, making a lot of friends and doing different activities with people who are different. And then you sort of enjoy learning new things. And if you're always learning and you're always playing with others well, um, I think that is the best preparation you can have for, for, for leading organizations when you grow up. Did you have any childhood heroes? Childhood heroes? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, one person I, I kind of liked was uh, this guy named Andy Grove who ran Intel. And this was maybe a little older, maybe I was in high school, but he wrote these books. Um, one was called Only the Paranoid Survive. And I remember reading that book, and it was really about the future. And it was about how do you invent the future, and how do you lead organizations to do things in a different way when technology changes. So I think, you know, learning about, you know, how Andy thought through his books um, was uh, very inspirational for me because I got to see how, um, how he thought about sort of very large problems. And I was very lucky when I grew up, um, I went to, because he, he was a teacher, um, I went to the school that he was teaching at, and I got to be a student, and I also got to be his uh, teaching assistant for the last class that he did. So um, I think, you know, Andy was both uh, a leader of an organization called Intel that made computer chips, and he was also a teacher. And um, I think that was definitely uh, one of my heroes. So, um... Do you recall any specific incidents or maybe people that helped you, help make you, like, who you are today? Yeah, I think there's lots of people who have definitely helped me on the way. We've got lots and lots of advisors um, for the company, and um, our investors are also super helpful. Um, they help in different ways, and they have different areas of expertise. Where they're, you know, really helping us a lot is in introductions. When they can introduce us to someone who could be an amazing fit for our organization, 
then you know that can be really transformational. Every leader that you bring in to an organization that runs a large function, so maybe the the, mark, the head of marketing or the head of sales or the head of engineering, each one of those people can have a dramatic impact on your direction, on your culture, and your ability to succeed, and you as a leader. So your investors, they're like, they help you in your company? Because, like, on TV, when you see something about investors, the company always seems scared of them. Um, well, I think that's, you know, that's so the TV show is, is more interesting. Um, but I think that... Uh, well, I think that there's, you know, there's what's on TV and then there's, um, you know, what kind of happens in, um, well, I'd say this way, there's, there's many, many types of investors. And the investors that I like the best are the people who started companies and the people that invest um, because they want to see you succeed. Um, so there's investors who want to make a lot of money and, you know, that's, that's great. But there's sort of investors who, who, who actually, you know, they actually don't need to make a lot of money because they already have made a lot of money but they're investing because they want to help an organization succeed because they've done it before. And along the way they'll make money, but they don't, that's not their main purpose. They do it for sort of like the psychic value because they enjoy it because they find it is meaningful. And I think when you find those investors, they're, they're the best ones, but they're going to be less entertaining than the ones you put on TV. Yeah. But they're out there. So, do you have any advice that you would give to your younger self based on what you know now? Um, my younger self, what advice would I give? Um, I, I'll take the advice that I got from someone, which is like, don't be so pushy. When I was a kid, um, I was, you know, really energized. And I wanted to, you know, get things done quickly, and I wanted to sort of bring people along. Um, and sometimes I was a little pushy. So, you know, if I could do anything, I'd be a little bit more relaxed, I think. So, final question. In your view, how would school kids prepare for future careers in your industry? Well, my industry is software. It's actually enterprise software, so it's selling software to very large companies um, and helping them solve their big problems. So my industry um, is very popular, and you see a lot of big companies in my industry because when you think, hey, I want to make software for businesses, well, 80% of the, of the money that, pe that is spent on business software actually happens at the biggest companies in the world um, and not the small companies because the big companies have really big problems to solve. And because of that, they'll spend lots of money. And when they spend lots of money, then, you know, it's, you can create businesses to serve them. So I think, you know, the three skills to think about when, if you want to come to my industry, um, number one is you need to know technology. So that might be building software or, understanding how software is designed or, or what good software is. You just kind of know, you need to know sort of like how to think about a product, whether it's building it or designing it or leading teams to create it. I think the second thing is to think about selling the software. How do you find a customer? Now, selling is not about like, you know, just yelling really loudly and telling people what you have. It's not, it's not like, um, it's not like that. What selling is, is aligning all the things on the customer side and on the vendor side to enable the customer to purchase. You want, it's about thinking through what does it take for the customer to be enabled to buy this. Maybe it's education, maybe it's getting agreement, maybe it's getting the right price, but it's enabling all the things so the customer can make a purchase. And the third thing to think about is teamwork. How do I get people to work together to get something done? 
So yeah, so those are the three things. You know, think about product, think about selling, and think about teamwork. Okay, so thank you so much for being on this podcast today. It was very interesting, and I learned so much. Thank you so much for having me.